Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Week 10 of the NFL season is here. If you want to place a bet on any of the gridiron action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport it is, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. You head over to the website, receive your 50% welcome bonus today. Use our promo code BELIEF, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined by my guy, Pittsburgh Steelers scout, two-time Super Bowl champion, and 12-year cornerback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, I see you got your Ike swag and you shirt on this morning. Yeah, take a look. Swag had a nice little workout with the youngest this morning. We did uh, 200 burpees, 200 squats. (laughs) 200 box jumps, eight-minute planks. Oh. Ike, my carcass would be in your garage in Orlando right now if you put me through that workout. Hey, oh, so we, we did intervals, so we did like a little uh, clock rotation. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, Ike. You're making me feel guilty for sleeping in. Uh, had election coverage at the station late last night. But we get to the matter at hand. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming off their bye week. T.J. Watt appears that he'll be back from his injuries because he had the pectoral injury, had the arthroscopic knee surgery. It appears he's going to be playing, Ike, because the Steelers have waived outside linebacker Ryan Anderson. Wonder if any other outside linebackers are going to be added to the Steelers roster. It looks like T.J. Watt's going to be back for the black and gold on Sunday. Ike, here's where I land at this. The Steelers sitting at two and six right now probably aren't going to make the playoffs. Certainly you want your best players out there playing and competing. You want to foster a winning culture. At the same time, you got to try to balance getting a good draft pick. And I'm not saying you uh, outright tank because a losing culture can also be very contagious. 
Right. That's kind of my thought process going in, but I wanted, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What do you think about Watt coming back for the Steelers? I mean, anytime, anytime TJ Watt is on the field, you already know his presence means everything, you know, and you know, when he does step on the field, the amount of plays he do play, he makes something good happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers, something bad happen to the opposing team. That's just what a former defensive player of the year do in TJ Watt. Every time he step on the field, it's a play to be made. Every time TJ Watt steps on the field, he calls havoc. Every time TJ Watt steps on the field, either he's getting a sack or forced fumble, and just, just to know it, he's getting an interception as well. So TJ Watt, man, when you say TJ Watt, man, you just think of, oh, I got a chance to win the ball game. And usually when you think of somebody else saying, I got a chance to win the ball, ball game, you're thinking of a quarterback. But now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, when you say somebody who gives them a chance to be in or win a ball game, it's T.J. Watt. Yeah, I use one word, Ike, and that would be game wrecker. And I look back to a season ago, he ties Michael Strahan's single-season sack record. He also, by the way, led the league in tackles for loss, was the defensive player of the year. He broke that Strahan record despite missing two games. Three games in which he played, he played fewer than 50% of the team's defensive snaps. So that's why I say game wrecker. And we saw it in week one against the Bengals to where, oh my Lord, it's amazing. Joe Mixon survived getting hit in the backfield. And then the interception as well that we saw from him. And that was before he left the game with that pectoral injury, Ike. So game wrecker is the word that I would use in describing his on-field play. Yeah, Mr. All I do is make plays. That's T.J. Watt. That's his middle name. You know, it's T.J. All I do is make plays. <laughs> Why? Because every time I step on the field, all he do is make plays. Ike, I'm going to voice this as well. I know you're a little bit limited in what you can say as a scout for the Steelers, but but you've got to be thinking from the standpoint of, hey, if the team loses, I get a better draft pick. So it's actually kind of a win-win for Ike Taylor. But again, I go back to if T.J. Watt is playing, Steelers at two and six right now. If he plays in the last eight games, I'd argue that perhaps the Steelers have a three and five record, maybe a four and four record. A season ago, when he's getting double, triple teamed late in the game against the Seahawks, strip sack of Geno Smith, Devin Bush recovers, Steelers get the ball back, kick a field goal, go on and win that game. That's the caliber of player we're talking about, Ike. I remember we did a Taylor talk, X's and O's plays breakdown of right. that specific play where this is not a hyperbole. He's going up against a triple team and still finds a way to make a play. When Watt lines up over an opposing team's right tackle, and most quarterbacks in this league are right-handed, it makes the opposing offense's life. It, it just makes the opposing offense's life a living hell. Like I have no other way of putting it than that, and I'm being polite. Yeah, with TJ, with TJ Mark, uh, well, first of all, to answer your first question, you don't want to tank the season. Pittsburgh already got two second-round draft picks, so that's a first two seconds and a third. Okay. So they'll, they'll put us in a good situation, period. But like I say, man, just T.J. Watt just being on the field, you already know something something good is about to happen your way. That's just what his resume says since he stepped into the NFL. So he always giving somebody a chance. And again, I say this again, usually when you think of somebody giving a team a chance to win, it's usually a quarterback. But for the Pittsburgh Steelers standpoint, it's T.J. Watt. I, I push back a little bit here because I go to Devin Bush being the highest draft pick in the Mike Tomlin era, traded up to get him at number 10 in 2019. 
And before that, the highest draft pick. I mean, it's been years. You got to go all the way back to 2000 when Plaxico Burris drafted eighth overall for the Steelers. Now, I will say this, though, too. I And to argue against my own point, I look back and I go year by year, and it's like every other year, whoever the Steelers drafted the first round goes on and becomes a Pro Bowl player. So I just want to see the Steelers get some blue chip players that can be true, true difference makers on this roster. And that's what I'm weighing of, okay, if you're not going to contend this season, how can you set yourself up for success in future seasons? No, you still got to contend. You can't look for the offseason. For the offseason, it's guys like me, you know, evaluating, seeing guys in college who could possibly possibly join the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as a coach and a coaching staff, you ain't never looking towards a, uh, towards the offseason during the season. That's just a good recipe of getting fired early, you know. So you still mm-hmm. want to finish the season out strong. I mean, if, you're, if your job is coaching during the season, that's exactly what you got to do. Um, coach Thomas says it best, win the game, win it. And if you're not winning by the end of the season, you know, it's a lot of things that's going to happen. And it's usually not good, especially with a two and six record. So for Coach T and staff, man, it's just finishing the season out strong, giving the team, giving the players some kind of hope, giving the fans some kind of hope, giving yourself as a coaching staff some kind of hope. Like, yeah, we started off bad, but we ended the season like this. And that's all you want going into the offseason. We'll see what happens. I certainly hope the offense is better. Ike, 15 points per game through the first eight games isn't going to cut it. So we'll see if there's improvement in the bye week. You know how I feel about Matt Canada, but you fire him and then say, let's bring in someone else as an interim. I don't necessarily know that that makes things better right now for the back half of the season. So I'm that's where I'm at with that. But the Steelers also get back several players due back from injury, Ike. Chris Boswell is probably going to come back because the Steelers have released Nick Skiba from the practice squad. DeMonte Kazee, a defensive back who broke his forearm in the preseason, he expects to be activated before Thursday. He had nine screws and a plate put in as well. And so he told media members he's going to look like Iron Man, but hopefully the Steelers can get some help in their secondary because you bring William Jackson the third over for the commanders as well, and you try to solidify things there. Ike, we haven't talked about that trade. Uh, I posted some reaction on social media, but I'll say this. I think it's a uh, a low-risk, potentially high-reward uh, situation with Jackson and the Steelers. Now, I think if he remains in the Steelers uniform beyond this season, they're going to have to rework that contract that he signed with the Commanders. It was a three-year deal before the start of the 2021 season. But you at least get a flyer on a guy for a defensive back to where it's like, other than Minka, Maybe Cam Sutton, although Cam Sutton had, should have caught a lot of interceptions, but maybe other than those two players, I just haven't seen it on the back half of the secondary. Comes with the caveat of what we talked about off the top, though, Ike. When you're without your best defensive player in T.J. Watt, it makes things a lot more difficult on the back end of that Steelers secondary. Yeah, I think William Jackson III is a good fit. Pittsburgh always um, had their out. My Pittsburgh always had their out. William Jackson III coming out of Houston. It was just, you know, Cincinnati got him first. You know, so Cincinnati wound up getting William Jackson. Uh, for me, it's just William Jackson staying healthy. You know, I think when he was with the Commanders, um, I don't know if he had an injury or two, but he was out for a second. So if he's help, if he's healthy, I think for sure, Mark, he's going to help the Pittsburgh Steelers because Cam um, and Minka has been playing good ball. They've been playing the most consistent when it comes down to that secondary. So adding William Jackson the third, if he's healthy, 
it's going to make the it's going to make the defense better, especially in that secondary, which is needed. Jackson was a player you liked coming out of the draft years ago. Is that correct, Dyke? Correct. Yes. So for any of our listeners and viewers, I would encourage them go check out Ike was on the minus three podcast with friend of the show, Dave Damashek. So go check out that conversation there. And Ike, it was fun to listen to because you go down memory lane of some of the great times you had doing shows with Dave. And it reminds me a lot of our draft evaluation that we've done the last few years here on the Believe in Steelers show of, hey, who here's who's next in the league. And we talked about it even on our last show. Of, I'm already looking at my chops, thinking about some of the prospects that could help this Steelers roster in 2023. Because as it stands right now, Steelers have three draft picks within the top 50 picks. Help is coming in Pittsburgh. Just got to be a little bit patient. But we have to see what happens on the back half of the season with this team. Yeah, I remember last time the Pittsburgh Steelers was 2-6. and six. That was 2005 going into the 2006 season. Wind up going up and winning the Super Bowl. We had to win out. So that's when Willie Parker and company and Bussy and 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 Hines and the young Ben Roethlisberger was just taking off. And of course our defense was top, top three, top two, I think, when it came down to that standpoint. But yeah, man, we just switched the whole season out. Not saying the Pittsburgh Steelers right now are gonna do that, but you just never know. So that's what I do like about the back half. They still got nine games left. You know, Mark, so we'll see how they split it up. I like to look at it in quarters. So I think I said on uh, the Dave Damashek show, you know, go three and one, or go three and two, then after the next quarter, go three and one. So they'll put Pittsburgh in a good situation. Yeah, I think you're spot on. The 06 season, two and six after week nine. Tremendous memory there. Great recall, Ike. Appreciate you. No, there's sometimes you say something I'm like, there's no way that that's right. And then I double check it. And it's like, nah, Ike's, if you're not spot on with it, you're usually pretty dang close. Yeah, I appreciate you, Mark. <laughs> I got you. Uh, a few other injuries we need to get to from the Steelers standpoint. And so we'll see. We're recording this on Wednesday. A lot of time, a lot of things can happen between now and Sunday. Miles right. Jack has a knee injury, could limit him this week. I would expect him to play. We'll see. Long snapper Christian Kuntz has a rib injury. It shouldn't prevent him from playing on Sunday either. And then Akella Witherspoon still dealing with the hamstring injury. And Ike, we said it after the Eagles game too with Akella Witherspoon. You go from right from the frying pan right into the fire. This is not to absolve him, but hey, coming off of you've got a weak hamstring, you want to kind of ease into things. Oh, you got to go guard A.J. Brown for, for a full game. Good luck to you. Good luck to anyone who has to do that let alone coming off a hamstring injury. It's not to absolve him, Mike. Just trying to explain to our listeners and viewers why that happened and why it played out the way that it did in week eight. I mean, you can't hide. You can ease whoever you want to ease back into whatever situation, Mo. Um, Them coaching staffs know everything about injuries. And when you're on the field, and you can be on the field for 10 plays, you best believe if you got a hamstring injury, I'm trying to see if that hamstring bad or if that hamstring good. That's what I'm trying to see. So every time they had the opportunity, they was looking for Witherspoon, and it's only right. And Witherspoon didn't play that much in that game. But every time they saw 25 over there, they was going for 25. And if I was an opposing team, that's exactly what I would do. So that's why these coaches try to try to say less is possible when it comes down to injuries, especially on the outside, because if you put that out there, I don't care if you only got three plays. 
I just need one good player from AJ AJ uh Brown, yeah, AJ Brown to handle his business. And that's exactly what he did in that Philadelphia Eagles game. Yeah, because you're you're on an island, Ike. You're on your own a lot of times. And even if you have safety help over the top, you saw what he could do against the Steelers. And Ike, this is a perfect segue talking about injuries because we'll go to week 10, keys to the game. But before we do, I saw that Mike Tomlin was mentioning the injuries to Najee Harris saying, and this is a direct quote. Let me read the full thing. He says, quote, he's playing. And so obviously he's healthy enough to play. I'll let him speak to that. But both guys have been available to us. We've gotten some awesome contributions from Jalen. And it's reasonable to expect that to continue. End quote. Coach Tomlin being a little bit coy about the severity of what's a lower body injury, foot injury to Najee Harris. He went into the season with this. Maybe he can get right after the bye week, get a little bit of rest. But Ike, given his level of production compared to what we saw a year ago, given right. a young offensive line that hasn't gelled together, number one, I don't think Najee Harris is fully healthy. But then number two, it's not all on him either. The, the line has not been great. That's one of the things I want to see the Steelers improve in the offseason at this draft. You make Jalen Warren the, the feature back. I don't know that it solves really anything. I have a lot of stats showing that he's been better than Najee this season. But I, right. I go back to square one. The, Najee Harris is not healthy right now. And you see a lower level of production compared to when he was a pro bowler a year ago. Point blank period. It's just... My my humble opinion, I think it's the truth. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. If he's not healthy, I'll definitely play Jay, play Jalen Warren a lot. And the reason why is because we have an offensive line that's that doesn't have chemistry. You have an offensive line that's hurt. You have an offensive line, and I feel just like the secondary, if them guys not on the same page every time, they're going to wind up being holes, and that's a hole you don't want coming on the offensive line because that's the foundation. That's exactly where it starts. You got offensive line who've been having a lot of guys who's been in and out regardless of injury or play. That's something you don't want. So when you do look at the Najee Harris, you know, production, his production wasn't like last year also, you know, because he don't have a Ben Roethlisberger who can freestyle and can make uh, nothing, something out of nothing. You know, he has a rookie quarterback. He don't have an offensive line that he had a couple of years ago. So, yeah, he was a pro bowler. And on top of that, if you feel like he's not healthy, well, there you go. That's three things that's not working for Najee Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers. A rookie quarterback, an offensive line that has no chemistry because they're shuffling guys, and a Najee who, who, is, who is unhealthy right now, if you think so. So that's just not a good look now for Jalen Warren because T said the best. He will get more opportunities because that's just what he do. He's been productive every time he stepped on the field, whether it's picking up a blitz on the third down or a second down. Whether him coming out of the backfield, him just making plays and running hard. Jalen Warren has earned his right to get more plays, get more playing time for the Pittsburgh Steelers in my mind. I'm with you, Ike. And I've been critical of Najee, but when I read this quote, Ike, it was like, we might need to reevaluate him in years three and four to see. I, like, I need a bigger sample size. And I don't think it's all just been on Najee this season. I've been very critical of the running game overall, considering the Steelers still don't have a rush beyond 20 yards this season. You've got right. to be able to have someone who can take it the distance, not saying on every drive or every play, but right. just to keep a defense honest. And again, you go back to it's this never ending circle. And it's like 
Ike, it's like the Spider-Man meme where everyone's just pointing at each other because of what the problems have been with this right. offense. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it gets down to that, you got to start looking at I, you know, how can I help the team? Um, it's easy when you're struggling and you're losing to point the finger. But when you want to become a, a we instead of a me, just look at the teams who win. You know, it's always some something they got going on on that sideline or off the field or just as a coaching staff or as a player. They got something we going on. You look at the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins. It just look like a we thing. You look at Kansas City. It's just like a we thing. You look at, look at the Buffalo Bills. It just look like a we thing. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles. It just look like a we thing. What we doing? Not what I'm doing. Um, so when you look at these teams who are very productive, who are having fun in the NFL, it's just a whole lot of we going on, and they're holding themselves accountable as well. I keys to the game against the Saints. It's pretty simple for me. Michael Thomas out. Can you stop Alvin Kamara in space? I've seen him do it dating back to his days for the Tennessee Volunteers. I worked in Knoxville at the NBC affiliate then when he was going at Tennessee, doing his thing, and then he goes on to the league and has been a force for the Saints since he stepped onto the field in the NFL. For me, it's as simple as that. Uh, Andy Dalton does not really strike fear in my heart. This is a struggling Saints team in a struggling NFC South division going against a struggling Steelers team at home coming off a bye week. But it's as simple as can you stop Alvin Kamara in space because he can do it all of the backfield. He's not just your traditional running back of, hey, we're going to snap the ball and hand it off to our back. No, he's a great pass catcher as well. And he creates mismatches giving he has a great ability. His pass catching ability is as good as any back in the league. Now you, you know, you know, you know, Kamara. He's the ultimate mismatch, and he's smooth at doing it. It looks like he's not running fast until you see him on tape, and he's running past everybody. He just has super, super patience, and when he sees the hole, he got a great little burst. Now for me, it's Chris Olave, who I thought was one of the best yeah. uh, right now ready receivers coming out of Ohio State as a rookie. And you're seeing exactly what Chris Olave is doing. His IQ is high as a mug. He's super savvy. He's super smooth when he's running his routes. He can beat you a man. Not only that, he can, he can sit down in the zone, and he can be quarterback friendly. So for me, with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, secondary struggling right now, it's Chris Olave. But for you, what you said, the ultimate mismatch is Alvin Kamara coming out in the backfield, lining up against, not, lining up against linebackers or safeties who got to put him in check. Yeah, and Ike, um, Jarvis Landry did not play on Monday Night Football. We'll see if he's back uh, to compliment Olave, the young receiver out of Ohio State. And then don't forget on the other side of the ball, too, your guy Honey Badger as well. So we'll right. see against the Saints. They have some talent, and some people thought that they would contend with the Bucks in the NFC South, and you could still argue that they're in the hunt because – the division leader right now is the Bucks at four and five. This might be a division where you see a team with a sub-500 record make the playoffs. Well, you start to see Tom Brady warm up. And that's what I be telling people all the time. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. The last, like, five or six games of the season, you want to be one of them teams who warming up. And you can, you, you, can see, you can see it in Tom Brady's face. You can see it in his body language. You can see it in his eyes. Around this time, this is exactly when that man warmed up, and he know exactly what he's doing. He know exactly how to get his team riled up and get ready to make a push in the playoffs. So I will tell you from this point, and I'm going to go ahead on and say it early, 
when they get back healthy because they're not healthy. We have a strong opportunity of seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. I can we circle back to this when we go to the Bucks Seahawks picks? Because that game will be in Germany. I, I want to continue this conversation, but remind me when we talk Bucks Seahawks, why why you think that? I know you mentioned Brady and everything, but for me, I, from what I've seen from a Buccaneers team that cannot run the ball this season, very surprising to me. We're going to circle back to that, though. We will circle back to that. Uh, I got to give a go ahead, back. They took they took uh, Fournette. I don't think Fournette is going to be the starter anymore at that running back position. So we shall see. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you that I'm, I'm just saying Tom Brady. I know that look from Tom Brady. And it's a it's a it's about that time right now. Um because when you lose, you learn a lot from losing. And right now the Philadelphia Eagles, they're hot right now. So for me, I would like them to go in on the lose early to see how they bounce back later on. Then going through the season and to the to the playoffs and not know how to lose and lose in one of them games. So for me, I just know, man, I ain't never been against Tom Brady ever. I'm with you in this regard, too, though, for this specific season, Ike. At the very top of the NFC, you've got the Eagles, you've got the Vikings. I know the Cowboys and Giants have been, like, just a tier below that. But there seems to be a void in the NFC right now of, like, who's actually good in this conference? Which teams are actually good? So, Psychic Ike Taylor coming out here on the Believe in Steelers show. Yet again, we've seen it before. Let me give a quick score prediction, and my Steelers picks have been awful. I'm reluctant to pick the Steelers because I've been wrong, and you can fade my picks and make some coin at betonline.ag. I'm taking the Steelers at home with TJ Watt coming back. I got the Steelers winning 24-20 to against the Saints. Saints are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at Acrisure Stadium. Yeah, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take the same points. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to betonline.ag and take your score. And I'm going for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. I think coming off the bye week, this is exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers need. They need to be at home. Um, they've played against Andy Dalton since Andy Dalton was at the Cincinnati Bengals, so they know the red rifle. So, and I think you know T.J. Watt. This is this is why you pay. This is why you enjoy. This is why you like seeing T.J. Watt because of what he do on defense. And his just presence being on the field for the organization means a lot to them boys on the field. Before we go to other topics too, like with the trade of Chase Claypool, I'm excited to see two players in an expanded role on the Steelers offense, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth. Let's see what they can do because you don't have to worry about the targets that would normally go to Chase Claypool. I'm ready to rock with those two players. Fryermuth in year two, Pickens the rookie. Let's see what they can do with an increased workload and deliberate game planning, getting those guys the football, getting them targets early and often. Yeah, I mean, for Kidding Pickett, I think Fire Move have been one of his go-to targets. But George Pickett's hands down, in my mind, just the best offensive player, just hands down. I think George George Pickett said he's an alien, and the man wasn't wrong about that. He's definitely an alien. You just <laughs> get him started early and often. Is that going to be our new nickname for George Pickens? He might need a nickname, Mike. We can call him the alien. We can start it here on the Believe in Steelers show. Yeah, just call him Gal. <laughs> George Alien Pickens. 
<laughs> I, I'm glad I didn't take a swig of coffee. I would have spit it out. I promise you. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, oh man, I, you make you derail the show sometimes in the best possible ways. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We just have to go to this other topic. I have no other way of transitioning to this. The Colts have fired Frank Wright. Jeff Saturday named the interim. Uh, I, I have a Steelers-related question to this, but... I heard you were on the minus three show live when this happened, but now that you've had, you know, 24 hours or so to think about this, just wanted to get your reaction to Saturday getting named the interim. I know he was a team consultant. I know he's a great offensive uh, mind playing with Peyton Manning for a decade. I know at the end of his career played with Aaron Rodgers as well. Uh, But the lack of coaching experience is what a lot of people are discussing. But what'd you make of this news? And I'll I'll go from there based on what you say. I mean, it's the business boys club. I'm gonna bring in who I want (laughs) to bring in, regardless of whether y'all like it or not. Because I I didn't I didn't brought in so-called certified coaches, and I don't like the way this organization is going. So I'm just gonna go a whole nother route, and that's bringing in a guy I like, and that's. Jeff, Saturday. I saw we froze. We back on it. Yeah, I got you, Ike. So, so what? What I was saying is, you know, he he just went to unorthodox. He has it. Israel, the, uh, the 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 owner for the the Colts, just went, you know, unorthodox and was like, you know what? I've been looking at all these resumes. I've been seeing all these coaches. Everybody been telling me what could and should be a good hire. I'm about to go all the way left because this is going to be an interim, you know, head coach for the time being. Anyway, I'm going to go with a guy I like, a guy I'm comfortable with. And that's, you know, one of his own in in, in a, a ring of honor in Jeff Saturday. Now, what I was saying on the check show, Mark, was what I do know about offense and defense alignment. They know everything about offense or defense, how to attack, because that's where everything starts at. You know, if, I, if you just look at a lot of assistant coaches, on NFL teams or college teams, they're usually the offensive line or defensive line coach because everything starts in the front with front stunts on who's weak, who's not weak, and and so forth. So with Jeff Saturday, I know a lot of people are upset. They mad. You know, it's a lot of um, especially with the Rooney Rule being in place. A lot of people saying just throw the Rooney Rule out the book because nobody um, in the NFL ain't using the, the Rooney Rule. In general, but at the same time, when it's a billionaire's boys club, man, they're gonna hire whoever they want to hire, regardless on what the color is. Now, mm-hmm. now, do you did you have guys in place? I do know my dog from the oldest Reggie Wayne. He's the wide receiver coach. He was sitting over there. But for Israel, man, you just gotta understand. Like he's going to hire at this particular time an interim coach that he wants to, and who is he familiar with? He's familiar with a Jeff Saturday. Like I said earlier, when you talk about a guy, when you talk about a coach who understands fronts. There's no better coach in my mind than having offensive line coaches. They just don't get the exposure. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a so-called sexy pick as a head coach when you want to get somebody 
to 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 be the face of your franchise when you want to talk about head culture. But man, these offensive defensive line coach, believe me, every every head coach leans on them. Yeah, Ike, I've been pretty consistent when we've talked about the Rooney rule in the past. Mm-hmm. And what I always try to focus on is the equality of opportunity does right. not always equal the equality of outcome. And I've been right. pretty consistent about that. You said something, though, too, that I think is very important. Jeff Saturday is going to be the interim coach, meaning unless he like runs the table and the Colts just flip the switch, which isn't going to happen with Sam Ellinger as your quarterback. Right. I don't expect him to be the coach beyond this season. So, like, I, I hate when it's just like, I get that he doesn't have coaching experience. I understand that. But then he, Jeff Saturday, has to be the face of, oh, here's why there's all these problems. Let's see what happens with the Colts in the offseason or whether it's the Panthers in the offseason or one of these other franchises that will end up firing their coach and see how this shakes out. This is one team. This is one team, Mike. So that's just like I I see all this, and and I get he doesn't have head coaching experience. But when you learn from Peyton Manning for a decade – like, am I the only one who's missing something here, Ike? And I, again, I know that playing and coaching, two different things. So Mark, but you're understand. learning from one of the best offensive minds that the sport's ever seen. Mark, Peyton, Peyton learned from Jeff. Jeff had to make them calls. Now, now Peyton's, Peyton is sitting back. He's seen the scheme of things. But if Jeff is not making them front calls, Peyton ain't getting that ball off. You know, so for, for Peyton, Peyton had to rely on Jeff to make the mic calls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's opposite now what Peyton did when the ball was snapped and him making the right decisions. All of that is on Peyton Manning, Hall of Famer. But yeah, before the before and you looking at that pre-snap, that's got to come from the center. And for Jeff Saturday to be able to make them calls for Peyton Manning, it made his job a whole lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, I can, and I have a bone to, to pick as well. And this is more so like why I need to get off social media sometimes and just go and walk around. But when I see yesterday, then Brian Flores' name starts trending with all of this. And I'm on record. I think he should be a head coach among one of the 32 teams in the league. I'm on record saying that. But they're saying, oh, well, couldn't the Colts have considered Brian Flores? Or it's really someone who is a minority coach. But it's like, well, Brian Flores is now under contract with Steelers. So depending on what a, a, a candidate's contract stipulates, they might not be able to interview for that position midseason when they're employed by another franchise. So I, I, I'll stop, Ike, because it's just like I'm, I'm feeding into to social media nonsense is, is what I'm doing. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. You got to understand you're smarter than that. You, you, you got it's, it's doing it's doing a season, you know, so you, you and it's interim head coach. So I'm not about to put my resume. I'm not even about to put myself in that position to leave a organization and go to another organization. And we're talking about interim. You know, I, I need I need to I need to sit down with this owner during the offseason and give him my game plan and give him my coaches who I want and where we can have a clean slate, a clean start during the season, man. Have at it. And I, it, people can get mad all they want to, but right now for this interim head coaching job. Uh, the owner wanted to do it his way, and you can't be mad. I mean, you can be mad at him, but I understand exactly why. Like, if people actually sit and think about it, this was actually a smart move. So why put another head coach in a bad position? Why put a coach on staff 
in a bad position. I'm going to go ahead and give everybody a clean start. And then the offseason, we're going to do all this evaluating. I'm going to get the coach, I think, who is needed for the Colts. But right now, man, for nine games left in the season, um, there is no way if I was in a coaching position, I would want to become an interim head coach throughout the season. And it goes back to that opportunity that we're talking about, Ike, to circle back to that. One thing I think the Colts will do with Jeff Saturday, Ike, run the ball and let's establish Quentin Nelson and Jonathan Taylor, two of the best to do it in the league at least a year ago. Jonathan Taylor was it. Go ahead, Ike. No, that's exactly what they're going to do. That's that to protect a young quarterback, to protect the okay offensive line because they're injured. And they're not bad on defense at all. The defense just, you know, stay on the field um, too long in my mind. But when you go, I'm telling you, they're going to run the ball. They're going to slow the game down. They're going to win. They're going to win. They're going to beat the Raiders. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm I'm telling you. Jeff Saturday doesn't need head coaching experience. Man, not to know, not to know, uh, football mark and this is exactly what's gonna happen he gonna surprise a lot of people (laughs) a lot of people i'm telling you all right ike really quickly before we go to the week 10 picks which retired steelers player who's not currently in the nfl would be best equipped to pull a jeff saturday i I really i really couldn't say that i would have to go one with byron leftwich um as a head coach oc at the byron leftwich I would have to look at Shea Townsend, who I played with, and Larry Foote as a defensive coordinator. And I will take it from there. I will hire, uh, again, a Joy Porter and a Will Gay to help um, the Shea Townsend in that secondary. Then after that, I would get a James Ferry. Um, and on the wide receiver side, I will have uh, Randall Ells, my wide receiver coach, as an offensive line coach. I will, I will put one of the Pouncey boys or bring both of them as an offensive line coach, as a tight end coach. I will have Heath Miller. Um, and just as a consultant, I will put um, Troy Palomalu over as a consultant. I myself as an assistant or, or running for a GM. And that's exactly what I'm doing with this football team. I'm telling you, I got this stuff right in my head. And I will have uh, Deuce Staley um, as a, a head coach or assistant head coach. And I will bring Willie Parker back to help in that department, and we're going to win some Super Bowls, Mark. I'm telling you, if they gave me my opportunity as a GM, this is exactly what I'm doing. Ike, let's just get the band back together now. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you want to know what, too? If the players aren't up to snuff on the field, <laughs> get the helmets and the shoulder pads. You just named the whole, like, Pro Bowl squad from back in the day, Ike. Uh, I had three names that I thought of. Heinz okay. Ward, I think, would be one. I think Jerome Bettis would have a good temperament to be an interim head coach. And then two players, too, that will go on to be in the Hall of Fame. One already is. Alan Fanica, Ben Roethlisberger. Those were names that I thought that would be of the right football mind. Players that don't – a lot of those players you named, Ike, have gone on and had coaching experience in the league uh, that you named. But when I thought about all this yesterday, I was putting together this segment. It's like, man – we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Yeah, Ike, you got go ahead. Mark, you hit you hit spot on. Uh, Bussy, uh, Red, which is Alan Fanica, Hines, which he's coaching this new league in San Antonio right now. He's the head coach as well with the Rock and Company. So everybody you just named 
spot on. I think Joey Porter's will highs too as well. Um, I think Bussy would be a great marketing um, guy. Bussy would fit well with just teaching uh, young guys how to be a professional, how to market themselves, staying out of trouble, how to get as much money off the field as possible because that's just what he do. I think Bussy would be grandpa. Grandpa meaning um, any kind of question, anything you need, any kind of connection, you go to Bussy. So um, if I was to build a squad or organization, I'm hitting everybody you just uh, named plus more, and we're going to win a lot of Super Bowls because they know exactly what it is to be a stiller. Ike, Super Bowls. I like the the plural, the S on the end. I like that. 100%. All right, Ike, let's rip through some Week 10 picks. We've got a hard out here at 11. So we'll go Thursday night, Falcons at Panthers. Falcons, a three-point road favorite, NFC South matchup. P.J. Walker going to remain the starter for the Panthers because if Mayfield doesn't reach a certain amount of snap threshold, the Panthers owe back the Browns a fifth-round pick instead of a fourth-round pick. I like what I've seen from P.J. Walker. I know they struggled against the Bengals, but this is a a Panthers team traded away Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to go with the Falcons on the road on Thursday night. What say you, Ike Taylor? Oh, man, they just just had a tough game. I like like the Carolina Panthers with T.J. sitting, you know, at that quarterback. P.J., I'm sorry, sitting at that quarterback position. So I'm going to rock with the Panthers. All right, all right. Let's go to the Germany game Sunday. Bucks against the Seahawks. Bucks are a two and a half point favorite. Ike, I never know what to think with the international games, but I think you convinced me with Tom Brady and company starting to get things right. But Geno Smith has had heck of a season for the Seahawks. Just the way both teams are going this season, I'm going to take the Seahawks over in Europe again. This game in Germany. Bucks Seahawks. Who you got, Ike? Yeah, it's just hard, man. I love what Gino and Pete Carroll are doing over there with the Seahawks. I love the running game with Walker the third going on. Um, Gino is playing some some probably the best football of his career right now, as far as like consistency and just making plays and throwing darts. Time. Statue time. Statue time, man. I can't I can't go around November to summertime. I can't I can't fade away from statue time. I keep telling people, man. Um, Tom ain't no goat, man. Every every football city should have a, a statue of Tom Brady. The man just threw up a hundred thousand yards with his regular season to playoff. So I'm gonna go with statue Tom all day, man. Go ahead and get that man a statue um as he deserved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm riding on with statue time from this point on, Mark. Get get him one in Germany as well, like. No, no question. Well, wherever, <laughs> wherever city he play in, it, it don't have to be a big statue, just say you know, um, honorary statue time for for kicking butt for that long. What I what I can't what I can't I can't say what I won't say. But go on, get that man. You know, a, a statue in front of everybody's stadium because all he been doing is having poo poo shoes, and that means he just been kicking butt <laughs> his whole career. Get a little marker. You know how you see in some towns where it's like this historic event happened here. Be like. Tom Brady happened here, and we can be in Germany 50 years from now. And be like, Tom Brady, is this a typo? No, Tom, no, it's not. You know how you know how we used to write on our desk in middle school, like so and so was here. Like, you yeah, put it, yeah, go go on, get get that man in the street or something. Get him a small statue, and you know, Tom Brady was here at this date, at this time, on this year. 
I love it. I perhaps to the best weekend matchup Vikings at Bills. Vikings are right. seven and one. Minnesota's only loss came against the Eagles earlier this season. Bills are five point favorites at home, but coming off a loss to the Jets in week nine. I who you got in this matchup between these two powerhouse teams. Yeah, if, if Josh plays, we're gonna see what Josh Allen um elbow injury look like. If he play, the Bills got action. If he don't play, the Bills gonna lose. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. If he that Ike, say less. And there's a reason Josh Allen has been among the uh, MVP favorites. Right. But speaking of MVP favorites, Jags at Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes right now, the odds-on favorite. He has overtaken both Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen right now to right. win MVP. I think it'll swing back to Allen, but this is going to be a huge week in determining this MVP race. I think Hurts right. has had his push. We'll get to Hurts in a bit with the Monday night matchup. But Chiefs at home, nine and a half. It's a little bit. It's a little bit high against the Jags, but I do think that they cover and take care of business at Arrowhead against a struggling Jaguars team. I'll take the Chiefs at home on the money line, throw that in a parlay is what I would do. What you what say you though, Jags and Chiefs? Yeah, I think the Chiefs win, but I don't think they win, you know, plus nine. Um the Jags are finding a way now to involve heavenly with the running game and Travis Etienne. And he hasn't been doing nothing but the last three games, just balling, straight out balling. Give me the ball, whether you're passing it to me or you handing the ball off to me. So the, the only thing about the Jags is they've been finding ways to lose. Um, we're going to see what, what 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 Lawrence does. If Lawrence don't throw any, have any turnovers, the Jags got opportunity to keep it close. But, yeah, it's just hard, man. Patrick Mahomes just put up 446 yards. Last game in the OT against the Tennessee Titans. And he ain't been doing nothing but just getting better. Yeah, Mahomes throwing the ball 68 times in that game too, right? So not afraid to spray it around the field. I was just amazed how many times they threw the ball. But when you've got the best quarterback in the league, I can't say that you're wrong. Uh, Ike, Sunday night, Chargers at 49ers. I hate to agree with you, but the 49ers are a seven-point favorite. And I just right. like them better because they can run the ball. The Chargers can't stop the run. To me, it's as simple as that. And I'm going to piggyback off this really quickly. Debo Samuel coming back from that hamstring injury. He gets right. And then you finally now establish Christian McCaffrey as well. Those two together having to stop them in space. Good luck if you're an opposing defense. You don't want see CMC. You know, CMC do it. CMC ain't nothing but a light-skinned version of Debo. <laughs> that's all he is. That's Debo, that's Debo cousin around his grandma side, but his papa met his AT four years ago. That's all he is. That's all that's all he is. He ain't no but a light skinned version. The man can run the ball in between the tackles, outside the tackles. You line the man up at receiver, he can wind up catching the ball. You put him at slot, he can catch the ball. And by the way, man, if y'all want me to throw a touchdown, I can throw a touchdown as well. That was CMC Christian McCaffrey doing. Debo back on riding his bike from Friday. He had a hamstring pull, got his guy got his hamstring pull back in effect. So he backed the Debo on people. Him and CMC, Fred Warner in that defense. I got San Fran all day, baby. Brother from another mother. I last game we gotta get to Monday night football. Commanders at Eagles. I think the Eagles keep this undefeated uh, undefeated train rolling, and I know it's a divisional matchup. Last time these two team plays, Carson Wentz was the quarterback for the Commanders. They'll now face Taylor Heineke. 
One thing to keep an eye on, though, the commanders are going to get back Chase Young, one of the right. best young defensive edge rushers in the league. So keep an eye on that. But I think the Eagles keep their undefeated streak going for another week. This is exactly where that train stopped in Washington. Chase coming back. Uh, now you got a complete front foe. Uh, three first rounders sitting on that defensive line. So it's going to stop. They had a good run, but it's going to stop right here with the Philadelphia Eagles, man. I think this is the ultimate upset on Monday Night Football. The Washington Commanders will beat the Philadelphia Eagles, Mark. Bold prediction, Ike. We're facing a hard out. So, Ike, I want to thank you. I want to thank the Believe Network. Our video producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Megan Maurer, and producing Yincy, today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, betonline.ag. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers for tuning in and making us a part of their day. Hey, I want to second that, betonline.ag, for rocking with us since day one. Brinks TV and company for making Mark and I just look so dang good on this Believe in podcast show. Got to thank the Believe family. Um, also, Mark, got to thank you for being one of the best co-hosts I could ever have. Make sure y'all tune in and subscribe. Give us a five piece. That means five stars. Because all we do is be entertaining, entertaining, insightful, and just give you a little bit of football, man. We really don't miss too much when we talk on this, uh, when we're spitting fire on the podcast, I would like to say. So make sure y'all tune in every time y'all see Mark and I on social media. One final thought too, Ike, it's the holiday season. So if you want to get one of those swag and you shirts, we'll put that link in the show description comes in black, comes in gold, comes in white. We've got you covered there. So I'll go ahead and sign off for the both of us. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll be back next week breaking down Steelers and Saints. Until then, enjoy the week 10 action. Take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.